11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Our special guest today is Jalen Robinson. Jalen, how's it going? Good, and yourself? Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, it's going good. You know, it's getting a little cold out. I'm waiting for the snow to hit. Uh, I'm out here in Connecticut. What about you? Oh, yeah, yeah, No, I'm in Arlington, Virginia, so it's not too yeah. bad. Just... Yeah, you guys don't get snow that much, right? I mean, we do, but it comes usually later on, so yeah. probably in February it'll go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. All right, let's go back a little bit in time. Like, how'd you get involved in uh, soccer? So, I guess I started, you know, with rec, and then I did that, and I did football. And I guess it came a, a time to switch over to uh, to pads because it was flag football, mm-hmm. and it was pads. And I, if I, if you ask my mom, my mom will say it would be my dad. If you ask my dad, he'll say it was my mom. <laughs> but one of them says that. I was too small to play tackle, so they took me out of football and put me in soccer, and then the rest is history. Gotcha. And, um, yeah, you grew up in Maryland, right? Yeah, I grew up, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Gotcha. Yeah, so growing up in Maryland, and then you got to play for the D.C. United youth team, what was the process like, like getting on that team? Um, so, yeah, so I grew up, uh, and I played for Bethesda, uh, before I went to the academy mm-hmm. or the academy. And then, I mean, it was kind of like that time where clubs were transitioning to academies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our Bethesda team, we were losing a bunch of guys to the academy because the academy was promising all these players that, oh, we have all these college coaches coming to all these games. And there's all these showcases. And it took they pretty much dismembered our team because, you know, at the time, Bethesda wasn't an academy. D.C. had an academy. Potomac had an academy. And I think Baltimore had an academy. So, you know, everybody was going to academy so they could uh, get looked at for different colleges and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I think I stayed until the very, like, last or the dying days of my club and then... I went to D.C. Academy at the age of, I believe, 15, 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. Then the academy until I went to college. Gotcha. So, yeah, so you didn't play, like, high school soccer, right? Like, in high no. school? Yeah. No, fortunately, I was able to play high school. But I think once I graduated from high school, I think literally the rules changed. Yeah. Yeah, I was lucky. I was one of the lucky few to play all four years of high school. Gotcha. So what what was the difference like playing? So you did play in high school, you said, right? Yeah, I did because we played in the fall. Okay. So what was the, like what was the difference like playing for high school and then playing? I know I feel like a lot of guys don't really play high school when you're at that elite level. 
Yeah, I mean, it was fine. I mean, I enjoyed high school. It was fun because I, you know, I still have friends that I keep in touch with from the high mm-hmm. school team. But of course, the you know, I think the level was way different mm-hmm. uh, between the two, obviously. But you know, so I was varsity all four years, and um, I mean, I just think it's different when you're a freshman versus when you're a senior. Because when you're a freshman, you just um, the mentality is a little different when you're first when you're a senior, and then the academy you're always in the same age group. So when I was mm-hmm. 14, I was playing against you know people that were you know 18. So that for me was like a big jump, you know, especially when I was a freshman. Yeah. But whereas in the academy, if you're playing, let's say I think it was U16, you're always playing kids kids your your age or I don't know. I just think there's things you can take out of both, and it's. Um, at the end of the day, it's still competitive soccer. It's still, still fun, you know, to be, you know, with your classmates on, on one hand and then, you know, with your teammates on the other hand. So mm-hmm. I guess there's there's good in both. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And what about what was your recruiting process like for college? For college? So, so I guess I narrowed it down to Wake, UNC, Duke, Maryland and then UCLA came in super last minute I mean I had a decent amount of schools that did email me or reached out some some way but I think what really attracted me to you know those schools were you know the soccer they were playing at the time and I don't know it was something about when I went down to wake the the football they were playing like uh how the team gelled versus how other schools you know how they played it it really attracted me to their style of play, to, you know, what I want to do or the style of soccer that I like playing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I decided to go to Wake out of all the other schools. So it was a fun process for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why did you choose to go to college versus uh, just signing with the, the MLS? So I guess that's kind of a deeper one. It was kind of like, I think Dave Casper wanted to talk to my mom about me signing, mm-hmm. but that it never really happened. I know there was a phone call for it to happen, but it never turned into anything. And then I ended up going to college for two years, and then I guess that phone call finally did happen, and it turned into something, you know, it turned yeah. into me actually signing or me being or having interest to sign gotcha yeah when i was doing my research on you um it kind of seemed like you picked college over signing like pro but i guess that wasn't the exact case yeah i mean i think it's kind of like it gets a little muddied or yeah i mean it's deeper than that it was you know like i guess there was interest but there was interest like He's ready, but he's not ready. Yeah, and I'm you know I'm glad I did go to college because I definitely learned a lot from being with Coach Jay and playing for that Wake team because that Wake team was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, around the the guys that were there, and you know, and it was just fun. Like I, I enjoyed those two years I was at Wake, and we played good football, and I really really felt like I matured a lot and I grew up a lot. Mm-hmm. It definitely helped me become the player I am today. Yeah, definitely, and. And just from, like, off the field, too, I think just going to college, like, helps you out just as, yeah, growing as a person, too. 
like living oh, on your own and stuff like that. For sure. It definitely, like being six and a half, seven hours away from home definitely helps you grow up. And mm-hmm. yeah, definitely, it's, it's definitely different than being home 24 7 and having your parents cater to all your needs or whenever you need something. So, yeah, definitely, definitely. So then what, what made you uh, decide to go pro after two years at Wake Forest? Yeah, I think my coach and I kind of like bumped heads at the end of the, at the end of our meeting or my sophomore year meeting. It really deterred me, I would say, from coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. I mean, because, you know, Coach Dave really helped push me in terms of, you know, from a football aspect. But then my end of the year meeting just didn't go according to, you know, I think what he wanted from me. And I think we didn't see eye to eye after that. I did have interest from D.C., so I ended up signing. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was it. Yeah, and then yeah. What, what was that like signing with D.C. United, the homegrown contract? I think it was way... You know, it, it was way different than what I expected. Obviously, you had to grow up fast, mm-hmm. being a professional. So, like, you're literally, you know, you go from end of the year college to now you're a professional. Like, everything you do is, you know, you have a lot of free time. Next thing you know, you're in camp for preseason for two weeks, then you're back home for like a couple days then you're gone for another 10 days and then like you really have to gel and then the season starts or we, in our case we had i think champions was my first year maybe i think so i'm not sure but it just everything was accelerated yeah. and if you don't keep up you fall behind and you know at dc i guess they valued all their younger guys in the sense of like you know we have these younger guys we're going to loan them out and that's what they did for the most part. I mean, my first year I was on loan to Richmond. Mm-hmm. That didn't work out, so then I ended up going to Arizona for six months, five six months. You know, that was a you know being in going from preseason to being in Richmond along with those teams not playing, but like trying to crack it up, crack into the eleven, not working out. Now I'm in Arizona, and it was. It was so different, but mm-hmm. honestly, I learned so much while I was out in Arizona. It was nice to play, um, and yeah, it was it was it was a, it was really good. It was very I needed that. It was it definitely helped me to grow up. Definitely helped me grow up for sure. Definitely, definitely. And um, yeah, what was it like to play in your first MLS game? Well, that didn't come until 2016. Oh yeah, 20 yeah. So, yeah, that was two years later. I mean, it sucked because I definitely wanted that. It could have come sooner, but instead, the one time I was supposed to debut, I got called into, like, a national camp uh, for the, I believe it was the 23s. Mm-hmm. And it was either fly to Portland or fly to France. And I, I was like, of course, I'm going to take the 23s because what an opportunity it is to play for your national team. Mm-hmm. And then, like, that chance never erupted in. So the 2014 and 2015 didn't get a minute with that, with the first team. I mean, I played, like, the CONCACAF Champions League qualifier and all that stuff, like Open Cup. 
Um, but obviously, 2016 was when I debuted. And that was like super meaningful to me because I mean, we played New England, we won two 0 and yeah, I came onto the scene. I had a clean sheet, and then I ended up making team with a week. But unfortunately, you know, after that, it was like I was out the eleven again, um, which sucks because you know you work so hard to get into the eleven to start, and then. You know, because Steve was away on national team. I think mm-hmm. Bobby might have been hurt because me and Kofi played that game as pairs and center back. And Ben just, like, Steve's back from national camp. Sorry, you're out to 11. And then I didn't play again until, you know, probably a month or so later. And it just sucked because you worked so hard to get into the 11. Yeah. To not lose that spot, and then you lose that spot after you do so well. So, yeah, I mean, it sucks, but, you know, you have to keep grinding, and every day is a grind. You, you just got to keep on going, wait for that next opportunity. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And, yeah, so what, like, I know you kind of touched on, so what, does that keep you motivated when you get, uh, like, when you keep on getting, like, you, you get loaned out, and then you they call you up, you get loaned out? Like stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would say yes and no. Like, obviously, I think the person I am, I was motivated for whatever was next. You know, like week in and week out, it was you just never knew what was going to happen, especially you know at DC. And like, I was motivated in the sense of you know I always wanted to get better, I always wanted to play, I always wanted to you know earn the jersey, and I just you know was just ready for whatever. But I think. Sometimes you would get discouraged because you would just see the same thing, same lineup order. They would see my first years, I was never getting a chance. And it's it's tiresome to, like, you know, go train every day and then to never be given an opportunity or to never, you know, to not be told why you're not getting an opportunity or when you ask, you feel like it's not the truth of why you're not getting an opportunity. Um, and, yeah, you get discouraged, but... You know, you got to keep on going because there's it's a bigger picture. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, obviously, I, I had to find motivation within myself to keep on going, to keep training, to keep, you know, working harder, to do extra stuff on my own, just to find a way to break through or to be different. Okay. Uh, and so. Do you think there's more pressure on you because you're playing for basically your hometown team? I think that's actually a great question I think that's a good and a bad thing where you're a homegrown because they've seen you at your worst like they've seen the young you they've seen all your flaws but when you do grow up they don't look at how you've matured whereas they look at you know the younger you and you're just like if you can't get past the younger me then obviously like I'm never going to get a chance, right? Yeah. They don't see the growth. They just see the youth, like, you know, and it and it, it hurts being a homegrown in a sense because it's just, it's hard to explain, but when you're homegrown, it's almost like the baggage that you carry. Yeah. And you would think it would help being a homegrown that these coaches know who you are, but they also value other players and there's also management telling them to play 
those guys that make more money than these homegrowns do. But at the same time, like, I'm sure they have a sweet spot for us, you know. But, like, if management's not telling them to play these homegrowns, then they're not going to play the homegrowns. They're going to play their big money guys. And all we're going to do is just be, you know, the face on the side. And so it's like, you know, it's a good and a, a good bad thing. Good and a bad thing being a homegrown. Yeah. Yeah, I think I I think I get it. <laughs> I'm not obviously in your shoes, but I get it. Um, and then you're you're currently a free agent right now, right? Yes, I am. So free agency started, right? Yeah, I think it started in early December. Gotcha. So what is there anything specific like you're looking for in a team? No, I mean, I've always said I just want to be given a chance wherever I am. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, because for me, at least, I, was, I felt like I was never truly given a chance. Like, I was never just, like, I never just flat out won a spot. And it's not that, you know, I didn't work hard enough. It's not that uh, I wasn't good enough. It's just, like I said, you know, management has their guys, coach has their guys, and they stay in that bubble. And then until injury happens, that's when they go outside of their bubble and they start just putting people in these spots. Mm-hmm. For me, I think moving forward, I just want fresh eyes to give me a chance where they don't see the baggage, you know, where they saw when I was a homegrown. And you just want to be treated just like, you know, every day you go out there and you earn the jersey. You go out there, you compete. And that's just, you know, what I I think I thrive off of, like, we were always told that wait, win your one v one, and earn the jersey, and that's what it was like. You just fight for your spot, and you know that next weekend it's not going to be given because every day in training you have to fight for your spot, and I like that mentality. Whereas you know at DC it kind of wasn't like that. It was kind of like it was just given in the sense that those guys, the eleven knew they were going to be in the eleven next weekend, the following weekend. Um, and that's what I want. I want to compete, you know, because I don't like things are given to me. I want to compete and I want to fight for my team and I want to fight. Uh, you know, I want guys to fight for me as well. And that's what I'm looking for and whatever's next. Yeah, definitely. That's a good, uh, good pitch right there for you. Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players. Well, how would you like to work with professional players one on one? Now you can with B Pro by Perfect Soccer. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. Sure. <laughs> and uh, these next ones are Quincy's questions. So okay. they go they go a little deep. So For sure. you ready? <laughs> yes, sir. I am. I'm ready. <clears throat> What's the most important quality or skill that you feel has been the biggest contribution to your success as a pro player yeah that is deep (laughs) um i think the willingness to adapt and i'll say i'll say it in this aspect i think you know for me my whole career i played like either center back or d-mid or you know and obviously, when you're like in the academy, they throw you everywhere. Or when you're in high school, you can play any position. Mm-hmm. But for me, I usually been like somewhere like center mid, like a deep mid or a center back. Now at DC, I played probably majority of my games at right back or somewhere an outside back. And 
I trained every day at center back and then being thrown in at right back before the game and just maybe training there maybe once or twice. Whereas my, my first two years, they tried training me at right back and then they were like, I guess we're done with this experiment. Let's put him back at center back. And then it turned into like the opposite. I would train every day at center back and now I'm playing right back. And I think that willingness to adapt will take you further in your career than you think. Because now teams look at you and are like, oh, he can play center back, he can play right back, and maybe he has good enough feet to play D-mid. So now your value should go up. I mean, it definitely won't go down if you can play multiple positions. So I think, you know, that's been the biggest thing that I've, I've taken. You got to be able to adapt. And I think it's definitely helped me get to where I am now mm-hmm. because, you know, there's been those games, especially this year when I was playing against Galaxy, where you go from center back, center back, center back, now you're just playing right back against uh, Pavone, Vlatan, and some of the best, you know, our most creative attackers in our league. And Vlatan was one of the best attackers in the world. So, no, it's, it's definitely, uh, I think that would be mine for sure, the, the ability to adapt and, and to adjust. Yeah, that's what Quincy always says, adapt or die. For sure. And like before every game, I tell myself, sink or swim. Yeah. And and literally, I was like, I'm not, I'm not sinking today. I'm swimming. I got to get out of this. There you go. What about what's the biggest mistake you think most pro players are making? I think most pro players, they come in with the mentality. But I would say at DC, my biggest mistake was thinking that I'm a professional and things might be given to me. Whereas, or I think another one of mine was if I keep working hard, I'm going to get my shot. And I started to realize in certain cases that was not happening because I would see players that were taking plays off and that were not working hard. But I started to realize like there's a deeper root in all that. And my mistake was me thinking I could take plays off. I could take days off because they looked at the younger guys way harder than they looked at the older guys. And when I would take days off, they would let me know when I would take days off because they would be like, that's why I'm not playing. And I didn't take many days off because I knew I couldn't take days off because I'm that's just the type of person I am. Whereas, you know, older guys of the 11 would take days off because they knew they would play the next weekend. For me, I couldn't take, I couldn't afford to take days off. But when you become discouraged, you will want to take more days off. And it's, it's a sad reality because you really go down that, that rabbit hole and you get really discouraged. And then once you figure out you take days off, that's when they're, the coaches are on you like, oh, you're coming out here. You're not uh, doing what we want you to do and you're not helping out the group. Whereas, you know, deep down inside, you know, working your your tail off isn't isn't getting you anywhere either. So it's a catch twenty two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I've seen I've seen a lot of guys that come and they start to realize like it's not. Some of, I've I've actually heard some players say it's not worth it. You know, we come out here, we train every day, and then we're loaned out. 
Like I never came to DC or I never came and played professional just to get loaned out every weekend. And I'm, I've known players that have retired because of it. And I remember flat out saying, like, this is not the life I envisioned that I would have. And some of them aren't playing anymore because of it. And it's a sad reality because some of these guys are the most talented guys I've seen. And I think they came in with the mentality like, look, I'm coming here to earn a spot. I'm coming here to play on the weekend. And they realize, like, they're not playing anymore. And I get it. Trust me, I get it. I, I, I understood what they were going through. and But I think, for me, it's the passion that kept me in it. Whereas for them, they're just like, I'd rather go do X, Y, and Z and, or start a family or, or do whatever. And they fizzled out. They lost the passion for the game. And you really have to be strong-minded. Mike is discouraged and just to keep on going. So I think the biggest mistake is, I th- or I think most people need to be patient because it's not an overnight process. It, it, it is a process. It's, I'm not going to say it's going to happen in a day. I'm not going to say it's going to happen in a week, month. For me, it took two years. But you just got to stay the course. You got to keep fighting every day is fighting um and you gotta enjoy what you do at the end of the day because if you don't enjoy you might as well go do x y and z um but i think that's their biggest mistake is thinking they're going to get things handed to them or they're going to compete and they realize that they're not in a place where competing gets them places so yeah definitely yeah and i think um like you mentioned like you said some players are getting loaned out but you think they're like talented enough to be in the MLS, but I think maybe it might be changing since there's more teams coming to the league and stuff like that. For sure. No, I, I think, yeah, I think things are changing. Um, but I guess that's for a different time, right? Yeah. yeah. And then what, what advice would you give a young player trying to make the MLS or a pro league? I mean, they have to be willing to do all the dirty work, you know, um, they have to be willing to you know, study the game. They have to be willing to, you know, do things that most players aren't. They have to find a way to stand out. And I think for me is I, I used to get super frustrated because um, things weren't going my way. You know, whereas when you're a kid, you've always had things that if you work hard, things are going to come your way. But now you're in an environment where that doesn't happen anymore. You're in an environment where things are given to those that are probably older than you, that have more accolades than you, that make more money than you. And you have to be patient because when your time comes and you were fooling around or you were doing whatever, you weren't taking things seriously and your time comes and you don't do your job or you don't do well, then they will use those times where you weren't doing well and they would use it against you. And that one opportunity that you had was gone. And now that's what they see from you. And I think no matter what, you can be discouraged, you can be hurt, you can be, you know, upset. You got to put all that aside once you step across those white lines, whether it be practice, whether it be a game, and you need to, you know, go out there and handle it professionally like it is a job. You need to go compete, go enjoy what you do, love what you do, because what we are doing is an honor. Not many people are blessed to do it. And just, just you know, find something that motivates you and keep going. Because when your time comes, you have to kill it. 
and then because you never know who's watching or what's next. So I guess that's my advice. Just keep going. What What's something most people think is true that you believe isn't? <laughs> All right. <laughs> that every week that the best players are playing. That is my truth. When it, when fans when fans are watching those games, they think the best players on the pitch are playing. The bench or the eighteen, they're not that good, or the like. The starters aren't that good, and those that aren't in the eighteen are irrelevant. That is far from true, because I've been in the eighteens. I've been in, I've been outside of the eighteen. Um, I've seen some of the best players come through that club that didn't play. I've seen pretty bad players, in my opinion, that were playing. So for me, I would say, if you see a newcomer on the field and you don't know their name, give them a chance. Give them all, give them multiple chances. If you see a new guy on the bench, you don't know who they are. You see a guy that's not playing much, don't assume. Because you never know what that practice facility is like. Because I guarantee there are some dogs. On that practice squad, there are some dogs in that 18 that are ready to get their chance, but just haven't get, been given their chance for God knows whatever reason. But when their time comes, just give them a chance. Because I guarantee you will be very simple. And that is my truth. What is something that you'd move forward with if you weren't scared of what would happen if things didn't go well? Uh, what, do you, uh, what do you mean specifically? I could. Uh, I mean, could you repeat that? Because yeah. I think it. What is it's, so- <laughs> it's, that? Could be a very deep question if if I'm thinking of it the way you're asking. <laughs> uh, this one, this one, this is the one that always gets everybody. Okay. <clears throat> what What is something you would move forward with if you weren't scared of what would happen if things didn't go well? So what would I be afraid? of? So this is the deep question that I was thinking of. This is a very deep question. It's a Quincy question, you know, the last one. This is a, <laughs> all right. I was about to say, because when you were asking the first time, I was like, wait, this this might be a very deep question if he's asking it the way I think he's asking it. What would I move forward with if I was afraid? Mm. I think, I mean, there's a lot. Like right now, there's a lot I'm, I'm holding back because you never know who's listening to the to this podcast. Because like, there's a lot of information that I can say right now that's really deep. But I'm afraid what what will happen going forward, especially <laughs> a free agent right now. <laughs> Being a free agent. Yeah, um, we don't want we don't want to get you in trouble. Um. No, I think. Wow. That is a Quincy question. I could hear him in the locker room right now asking that question to, to somebody, to me, Chris Doyle, Earl, somebody. I don't know. That's a good one, though. What would I be afraid of? You know what? I'm going to leave that question blank. I don't, I'm don't. i going to leave it blank. All right. <laughs> I'll take <laughs> that's it. A, that's a deep one. You know, that's a really deep one. Yeah, I guess, I guess Quincy is just in your head. He, yeah, you know, he, he <laughs> is living rent free right now. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go to some fun questions, off the pitch questions. Okay. All right, who's one 
This is kind of on the pitch still, but who's one player that you would exchange uh, jerseys with? Who do you want to exchange jerseys with that you haven't? What went to? Um, hmm. All right, let me see. Okay. Oh, my guys. All right, so the one jersey that I have to go back and exchange once I play against D.C. is Chris Adoy because that's my guy. I don't have his jersey from D.C. yet. We said we wouldn't exchange until we played against one another. All right, that's cool. What about what's your goals for 2020? Well, I guess right now it's to get a club first, yeah. you know. <laughs> I guess, but secondly, is, you know, what I do is to prove myself. Um, so I feel like I've been locked up for six years uh, in a club that really didn't give a whole lot of opportunities to me. Uh, not because it's like I didn't deserve it, but just because what I've explained earlier. But when I do get my chances to do well with it, to prove to people that, you know, this has been a long time coming. Um, and I think, you know, you got to take it day by day, though. Day by day, king by game. Um, and eventually, it'd be nice to win a MLS Cup. Because I think it's it's more than the personal accolades. It's more mm-hmm. than it's a team sport. Um, and, you know, to win together as a team, to gel together as a team, to do things together as a team. Because when everyone's having fun, I think the fans start to take notice and then, you know, people around the league start to take notice and, you know, it's not just about me. It's about everyone. We all start to do well together. So I think that's me personally. And I mean, that's what I look forward to next year at least. Yeah, definitely. So, what, what do you like to do in your downtime? Um, <laughs> she asked my girlfriend, she would say, I like to sleep all the time, <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I mean, I like to hang out, play video games, uh, play the switch or I don't know, just hang out. I'm trying to get into reading books this year. I guess that's one of my goals for this year is read more. You got to listen to the audio books. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I'm more of like, a, I, I like to pick books up and read. Oh, right. I thought yeah, you were, not, I thought you were opposite. Nah, nah, I, I do. I mean, <laughs> I have listened to audio books when I was in college, but I can't, that stuff will put me to sleep. I'll be, I'll be holding the book and I'm like, I just can't read. I was like, all right, I'll listen to it. Yeah, but sometimes, yeah, sometimes I feel you on that too. Sometimes, sometimes if the if the person that's doing the audiobook is like too, like monotone, then uh, yeah, it's like all right, right to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> what, what what games are you playing? I know you said the Switch. Uh, so actually, I've got Mario Kart. I got uh, Mario Tennis, Super Smash, and I just got Pokemon. Like I. Sh- I should be ashamed that I got Pokemon, but I just got Pokemon, and um, I'm actually not ashamed because it's actually a great game. So, yeah. uh, and then I've been playing Call of Duty on the PS4. Gotcha. Do you do any uh, like streaming on Twitch? Nah, I don't do any of that. I leave that for Durkin. I, I watch, <laughs> it, but like I, I'm, a, I keep all my stuff in home. Like if y'all want to come over here, like Antonio come over here. I seen him play Fortnite. My man is nice at it. I played with, you know, some old teammates played with, you know, Kyle Porter. I played with, you know, Akeem. Played with all those folks on uh, Call of Duty. And they nice. I'm not nice yet, but I'm working on <laughs> Gotcha. And uh, if you weren't a soccer player, what do you think you'd be doing? I wasn't a soccer Man, I'd, I'd be in a lab somewhere. It's like, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, not, I'd be in, like, grad school somewhere. Um. I don't know. I think 
Um, yeah, I'd probably be in grad school right now or finishing up grad school and trying to get a decent job somewhere. Um, uh, yeah, I think that would be probably where I'm at right now. So, like, growing up, you didn't have any, like, dream job besides soccer? No, honestly, I didn't even think about playing soccer until high school. <laughs> All right. I, I, uh, I think when I was a kid, I always wanted to do, like, be a paleontologist. But then that kind of changed when I got to high school. I started to really like, you know, physics and stuff like that. And, and then when I got to college, I really thought about doing, like, aerospace engineering. But okay. Wake didn't have that. They just had a physics program that I guess most people do there. And then they go to grad school through, I think, Vanderbilt was their sister school. But I'm not 100% sure if they have aerospace. But there are a lot of good aerospace programs in Maryland. Like, UMD has a good aerospace program. Like airspace engineering yeah. Um, but yeah I, I um i like stuff like that uh stuff that really gets the mind going like huge math head so i really like i really like numbers i end up majoring in financial economics which is just nothing but numbers and theories so um anything with numbers i'm good with and i can i can do my job at that but Reading wise, like want me to do English or Hamlet or on that, the wrong guy for that. So. Yeah, no, I feel you on that one. <laughs> All right, well, I appreciate you coming on. Can you let the people know where they can follow you at? Yeah, so um, not really big on Instagram. I have Instagram, but I really don't use Instagram like that. But if you do want to hit me up on Instagram, it's jbird twenty j a y y b i r d twenty. And if you want to hit me up on Twitter, it's jbird15. Don't ask me about it, but two different numbers. One was from high, one was from college, and one was from professional. So Twitter is jbird, same J-A-Y-Y-B-I-R-D-15. So you're, you more just, on, you're more on Twitter than Instagram? Oh, 100%. I think Twitter, I would pay to use money on Twitter because Twitter is... <laughs> Wait, that's kind of interesting because you're, young, you're younger. And yeah, I feel but, like usually uh, younger kids weren't on Twitter growing up, sort of. Yeah, but the thing is, Instagram, for me, is a facade. People put yeah. all their all this fake luxury yeah. lifestyle they're not living. That's like, true. If I wanted to flex on Instagram, I could flex. <laughs> but I don't want to flex because that's not the life I'm living. Like, not mm. yet. Like, whereas Twitter, Twitter is unfiltered thoughts that come straight out of somebody's head. And that is funny. Because it's yeah. funny because how so closely everyone is related in the world. Like, we all think the same things. We all feel the same things. And that is poured out on Twitter. Whereas Instagram is a, such a false reality to me. And I hope, I mean, I'm not trying to offend anyone that does get on Instagram, but like Twitter is just people being real. And it's just, it just feels great just to to, to sit and relate to people on Twitter. Yeah. Whereas Instagram just seems so because no one's ever going to post anything upsetting on Instagram think yeah, about it yeah no one's ever going to do that they're never going to post I had a crap week yeah. they're always going <laughs> to post throwbacks of when they were at the beach you know in 2012 <laughs> they're never going to post oh this week was such a crap week you know that's not yeah. going to happen whereas on Twitter someone's going to post that and you can relate like yeah. me too so I don't know I, I'd much rather prefer Twitter because it's more real than Instagram. Yeah, I feel you. What about, have you uh, been uh, scrolling through TikTok? 
I don't have a TikTok. See, I came late to the TikTok game too, and I'm not getting on that now. Like I had Vine back in the day. I'm cool with the vines, but now Vine is done. So I'm not, I got my Instagram and I got a Twitter, and I'm cool. All right, I feel you. All right, well, again, appreciate you coming on, and uh, good luck. Uh, hopefully, you get with a team soon, and good luck to uh, 2020 season. I really appreciate that. Quincy Marroquois here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.